So Lucy, I um, knew for a long time that he wasn't the kind of kid that was going to achieve a HSC. Or if he was going to achieve a HSC, it was going to be um, on a different kind of pathway. And I really saw that mostly in primary school it began. Uh, it was obvious that he was a kinesthetic learner, that he needed movement, that sitting in a class with a textbook and a teacher standing on a whiteboard wasn't going to be his cup of tea. Um, and so um, when we were considering high school, we really wanted to find somewhere that gave him the opportunity to have movement as part of his learning. And we identified a private school that had three core streams. So there was an academic stream, a creative stream, and also a sports stream. And we went, perfect, sports stream will be right up his alley. Um, so we enrolled him in that high school. It was a considerable distance from where he'd grown up, um, but still accessible. You know, lots of kids travel to, to high school. So we felt comfortable with that. But literally before he started, we found out that the actual um, teaching methodology that the high school was using was going to be changed. That they actually believed that um, they wanted to move into more of an emerging learning space, that they wanted to have some uh, project-based learning and they created some open learning spaces. And um, initially we thought, well, maybe that could work for him. But during the course of year seven, realised that that too wasn't a style that was going to be um, maintaining his engagement with school. Uh, so, and, and the other thing that we noticed too was that there was lots of storm in a teacup kind of moments. The things that actually, um, he was scrutinised uh, over things that they thought were behaviour concerns that we just thought was being a year seven boy who needed to have movement in his day. So, um, we just realised that wasn't going to be an ideal pathway for him through education. So we moved into the local high school and it was a local boys high school. And one that we had heard was strong in developing alternative pathways for young people who may not get to um, year 12. Uh, and so we really noticed, I guess, early that there was gonna be some, some barriers to him actually having a normal academic pathway. Um, year eight was great at that high school. Year nine, we started to see some of that um, disengagement again. And I think that was, again, just being in a classroom, being scrutinized when he needed to move a bit more. Um, and uh, it was early in that year that a teacher, the student engagement teacher at that school walked in and, and said to the boys, anybody want to do this alternative learning program? And um, he came home and said, I really like to do this, I really like to do this. And I actually said to him, I don't think you're ready to actually enter that environment. I think you need more maturity and really don't think that you need to be on a slippery slope yet if it's not really fitting exactly what your needs are. Great idea, lovely that the teacher was opening it for everybody, but maybe not yet. And so he continued through year nine and then we started through year nine to see some changes in his mood, some more kind of um, indications there was disengagement with his learning and um, and just some of that kind of funky year nine, 14, 15 year old boy brain development stuff that means that they're just kind of a bit angsty. So we just knew that, yeah, things were maybe gonna get a bit tough again. By the beginning of year 10, 
we really noticed that increasing. So we told him, we kind of kept at the back of our mind his interest in doing an alternative learning program. Um, and we told him we'd happily support that at that stage. And so we spoke to the school and there was an opportunity for him to actually get referred there for two days a week. But well, that's a win. He's gonna have two days on site somewhere else, three days at school, we'll mix it up. And it was a win. It was definitely a win for him because he actually um, enjoyed being on a site where there was youth workers, educators and tradesmen all kind of working together to build some really practical skills, some resilient skills and just a, a real sense of identity and hopefulness around his future and the future of the cohort attending. So that was a real win-win. Um, I guess the downside of that was that if he wasn't at school, then there was some work that wasn't getting done. And the onus was on him a little bit for him to actually take responsibility for the work that he had to complete in year 10. And if you don't complete your work in year 10 or in senior years, obviously you're eligible to get an N award because you haven't submitted that. So um, we kind of, in the back of our minds thought, well, you know, he's probably, there's gonna be some issues around that, but we'll kind of overcome those as they happen. We hadn't had it flagged by the school that there was um, an issue that was uh, emerging until we were at the school for another event and his year 11 English teacher approached me and I spoke to her around enrolling Noah for a variety of different subjects the following year, maybe talking about some TVET options. And she said, oh, Jenny, I don't think he's actually gonna be able to enroll into year 11 next year. It looks like he might get some N awards and he'd have to repeat, he won't be eligible for his ROSA. That's when I really knew there was an issue. I really knew at that point that we needed to do something. And I really felt like, yes, I could sit there with the school and just think about how we could get his teachers to actually be very prescriptive around the work he needed to submit and how we could keep him at school. But I also felt like he demonstrated enough enthusiasm and motivation in attending the alternative learning program. He missed only one day in the five months he'd attended that in semester one of year 10. And it also demonstrated enough, um, I guess, motivation towards one day having an apprenticeship that it appeared to me that it was time for us to get serious about what other options there were. So I had, I think, a window of a couple of hours um, to process what the teacher had told me. Um, I'd also managed on that night to track down some other of the core executive of the school um, who were also present at, this, uh, present at this school event and actually just kind of flagged what I just heard um, and indicated to them my motivation to actually get on top of that and think about options. So I felt like I had a real window that night for me as a parent to process what had been told, but to turn it around to actually use it as a catalyst for the beginning of a new journey for him. So after managing my own catastrophizing around what I'd just been told and what that might mean for him, um, spoke to my husband and then we spoke to him. So really just, um, like I said, used it as a catalyst to say, this is what I've been told. Worst case scenario, this is what it looks like. You may have to repeat next year. Um, but really wanted at the same time to actually reinforce everything positive that we've noticed about his engagement with the alternative learning um, program he'd been attending, about um, his 
employability um, and his willingness to actually try a few new things that previous year about some of the qualifications he'd been able to attain, white cards and things that made him ready. And just really reinforced that we really believed that he could actually succeed and this was an opportunity for us to look at other alternatives for him. And I guess really reminded him that actually we'd just go the hard yards with him, that we were actually there to back him. Um, you know, in no way do I want to make it sound like it was easy conversations. Um, and we were talking about a 15 um, sorry, just turned 16 year old boy who obviously had his own mind and um, to suddenly be confronted with this idea that we'd really like to actually suggest you leave school was new to him. Um, but promised him that we'd actually kind of do that journey with him and that I would be the person who would have all the hard conversations to make that happen if it was something he wanted to do. And I guess through that process, as we started to look at options, really made sure that we communicated with him about every step, that we talked about the ins and outs, that he knew that he didn't have to have the hard conversations around it. He needed to be party, party to them and sometimes participate in meetings where they were discussed, but that the advocacy was really on us as his parents. And, uh, you know, I think that really helped. I also made sure a lot of the information I got because it was a very, very concentrated couple of weeks of having to do advocacy for him and to liaise with a whole lot of people around some of the options for him. So I made sure that the information I got, it wasn't always just told verbally. I also texted him the information. He was a teenage boy. He needed to kind of sit with some of that before he made a decision and not feel like it was another little meeting with mum and dad about what next. He, he needed to be able to process. So, so we just made sure that we, we did the hard work in terms of the advocacy because some of these conversations are big adult conversations to have when you've just turned 16 and you're actually suddenly halfway through year 10 and, and going to be leaving high school. So, yeah, that, that's really how how we handled it with him. And I think he felt pretty supported through that process and he felt pretty confident that we had his back in it. I knew that um, legal mandate within education is that you actually have to be at school or engaged in a vocational pathway until you are 17. You need to demonstrate that you actually are either attending school or that there is, a, I guess, a number of things that you're doing that meet 25 hours per week. Generally, that would either be education or an apprenticeship or traineeship. So, yes, he, we could have actually helped him to access a traineeship or an apprenticeship at that stage, halfway through year 10, but far more complex if you haven't actually achieved your ROSA, your record of school achievement, your year 10 record of school achievement, because it's competitive. And so if you're going into that and it looks like you're an early school leaver um, and you haven't actually demonstrated that at a minimum you could get a year 10 uh, ROSA or an equivalent, then, um, then that's gonna be tough. So really understood that he needed to actually meet those 25 hour, hours. So I quickly contacted the local TAFE and found out what courses were available that were a cert two level that are pathway courses and that um, we're going to give him a year 10 equivalent and, and really had hoped to do it in the same time frame. So we were looking at semester two now. When this all happened, it was the last week of semester one at school. 
So for term three, I wanted an option for him that meant he could actually do a course that would see him to the end of year 10 and was a year 10 equivalent. There's lots of different ways I know people can get year 10 equivalents. That can be either through the TAFE system, it can be through other alternative learning programs um, or other you know, RTOs, I guess, who deliver um, a year 10 equivalent, mostly for young, young people who have some barriers to learning or are disengaged for one reason or another. But fortunately, the campus local to us, the TAFE campus, was offering a Cert II in construction pathways. So it gave him some of the opportunities to actually build on some of those practical skills and some of those skills with tools that he'd learnt while he was actually at the alternative learning program earlier in the year. And uh, so, yeah, we really just looked at that being the basis, contacted the head teacher. Um, and then once I'd done some research around that, realised that that course was only two days a week and it wasn't going to meet the 25-hour requirement. So then we were going to need to find him something that actually looked like it was fulfilling obligation around vocational pathway. Ideally, schools don't like to actually have you just in a job, but if we could demonstrate that it was consistent with actually the course that he was doing, then we were hopeful that would actually be a pathway for him. So um, we looked locally and there is a number of um, kind of industrial areas around where we live which meant that we could find some jobs as tradesmen's assistants. And um, some of those were entry level, but I recognise still that if a 16 year old who'd only been on the tools um, and had practical experience working in and while well, doing kind of work experiences at an alternative learning program, he still was gonna need more than that. So that school holidays, I said to him, part of this pathway is gonna be getting some work experience. And so we contacted a, um, a family friend who owned his own small business and said to him, would you be able to have um, a do a placement with you for a couple of weeks over school holidays? This is what we're looking to do. We want to get him the skills and, and, and also the profile and, and I guess um, job readiness that will allow him to get um, a trades assistant, tradesman's assistant role. And so um, they were happy to take him on. And we were fortunate that as a result of that, he actually then got a job trial, or they turned it into a job trial. And then um, he pleased them and, and was proficient enough at the role that he was doing there that they offered him a traineeship slash apprenticeship. Um, and that was really exciting. So by the time he actually um, enrolled in his course and we had to approach school around it. When we started the journey, we only told school that he was gonna be doing the Cert two and Construction Pathways and that we hoped we'd have a tradesman's assistance role by the end of the holidays going back into term three. But he was able to secure for himself um, a, an apprenticeship slash traineeship um, so that when we went back to school, we could actually tell them that's what was happening and that made it a whole lot easier. Now, when I say that he secured an apprenticeship slash traineeship, he actually didn't start that until the following year. So really what he attained for himself for that next six months was just a job for those couple of days. Um, and they kind of said, we're pretty impressed and we can see a pathway, but he still needed to demonstrate for six, the next six months that he was actually going to be able to be ready for that apprenticeship. And I'm a real believer in young people having the opportunity to do work experience so that they can actually de 
develop their employability skills and they can actually reflect that back to an employer that they actually have the commitment, the initiative and just the work ethic to be able to be a viable employee for the future. So that's where we're at. That wasn't the only thing we had to do though, Lucy. We then had to jump all the hoops, which was actually speak to the principal, get the principal to get approval through the regional Department of Education, we had to make sure that the paperwork was done, that the director at TAFE allowed him as an early school leaver to actually get approval. Um, there was lots of things that we had to do over that period of about four weeks. Um, but with, um, with a real sense of uh, kind of purpose in it, I think that everybody involved saw that it was something we were really hopeful for and they got on board with that. So the funny thing about actually taking out taking your child out of school halfway through year 10 is it's not something you ever think you're going to do. So naturally, I think grandparents, um, friends, other family members would have had an opinion about the fact that we were making our child. We weren't just actually dealing with a child who was disengaged and he was an early school leaver, but we were intentional about withdrawing him from school. And um, and that he was going to be an early school leaver. So I think nobody really voiced it, but I'm sure that there were some opinions that people held around that. It's, it wasn't um, a pathway that mo many people had actually seen happen, but we just really had to reassure the people who were closest to us that we were um, looking for amazing opportunities for our son in a way that meant that he wasn't going to be further disengaged, but rather that the timing was of the essence and we really felt like this was a time to step in. But there was some real early intervention stuff we were doing to make sure that he actually um, was able to develop that bridge that all young people have to develop to get from being a student into being a um, a person who is employed and begins a career. That can happen after uni, it can happen after school, or it, as I know now, can actually happen during school. And so, yes, it was unusual to make him an early school leaver with our own intention, um, but no, we didn't have anybody verbalise anything. I'm sure they were thinking it though. I think that too often as parents, we actually treat school as our adversaries, um, particularly when we've got that kind of kid who actually isn't loving school. It's very easy to be defensive about your children. Um, it's very easy to uh, see them as the phone call you don't want to pick up when the school number comes up. Um, so definitely, you know, I think they're often, their experience is often that they're being treated as, as an adversary rather than actually somebody you want to collaborate with. So we, um, I guess historically, any, choices that our child made um, that were contrary to the school policies. We'd always kind of made sure he owned that and that the school knew that we wanted our ch child to take responsibility for any mistakes they made, either in not submitting work or in the playground or in regards to attitude at school. So when we came and we actually demonstrated that we were passionate in collaborating with them, I think that there was authenticity in that and they actually saw that um, yeah, we were really motivated to do this. But the other thing is that schools are busy places and that there's a big cohort that they're trying to navigate through the same ultimate um, end, which is to actually have 
young people successfully move through school into their future. And so I think if we as parents can actually come to schools with all the information that we've acquired, having done a lot of research, and what I found from this experience, Lucy, is that there are so many different people willing to provide that. Youth services that you can call who do this every day, um, careers advisors, careers advisors at TAFE, there is lots of ways to find out this information to, to see what pathways and opportunities are available. So having done all that research, fast tracking all that research, then when we went to school, we kind of really came advocating for this opportunity for him, but actually pretty confident in what we knew about the process. And I think that really helped school get on board too. So I guess my top tips for parents are, um, don't leave it until your child is fully disengaged from school to actually begin this process. I think education is a continuum, but education doesn't actually have to just mean school. Um, education is the pathway we need to take to learn who we are, to find meaning in our life, um, and to know what we want to do in the future. And that might change a number of times and we might move in and out of education throughout our life to actually to figure those things out, both about identity, meaning and even what we want to do with ourselves. So um, I guess actually not leaving it too late, um, making sure that you kind of approach things when you see that things actually aren't necessarily working in the, the paradigm that everybody just, I guess, um, submits themselves to, which is actually that you're going to achieve um, a HSC at the end of year 12 or your child's going to do that. So yeah, kind of come in early on it. Um, but as I said, address that paradigm with yourself. Really um, look at whether um, you have a mindset that it is absolutely essential that your child actually completes a HSC. I now know that a HSC is not essential unless you're actually needing an ATAR because you want to go to university the year after school. And even then, there are ways to actually access university that are through TAFE, that are through other pathways that might even mean that you get some life experience and go as a mature age student. But a HSE is essential if you're wanting to get an ATAR to enter university or a college the year after school. So once I'd addressed that mindset, yes, then the mindset was actually, you don't need to be at school if we can find a productive, constructive pathway that resonates with you. So for him, the pathway was gonna be getting on tools as soon as he possibly could, being in environments where people actually, their work ethic was to actually be productive, to use their body to actually be productive and to use their body to learn and even to instruct that was going to be the pathway he needed to take. So once we've kind of got our head around that, um, that's the thing I learned. I would encourage parents to actually know how your child learns and how they're most effectively going to acquire knowledge and actually also flourish in environments. And if it's actually not sitting at a desk, submitting assignments, staying awake till three so that you can actually get a, a, um, an ATAR, then actually it's not necessary.
there's lots of positive reasons for staying at school until you mature enough. So I'm not saying that you should always whip your child out, but I think if you can challenge that paradigm, if you see that it's not working for your child, it can actually help you to then see the opportunities rather than seeing the barriers or the doors that are closed. Look for those opportunities. The next thing I would say is that um, speak to whoever you can about those opportunities. Contact your TAFE, speak to your schools, speak to youth services. Um, research, research, research. There are lots of different ways that young people can complete their ROSA, get a year 10, um, year 10 equivalent certificate, um, and that they can continue to do that through year 10, 11 and 12. Um, I guess, you know, where we live um, in Northern Sydney, the way that TAFE does that is they have an actual coordinator who actually, um, you contact specifically this person if your child is under 17 and is an early school leaver. And the benefit of that is that that, that coordinator um, will do an assessment to make sure that your young person is ready to be in an adult learning environment. They'll talk to you about what kind of pathways courses are available to them, similar to the one that I got my son to do. And that'll also help you with um, understanding the process to navigate, to get a young person enrolled in actually TAFE. For example, you can't just go online if you're under 17 and do a normal enrolment like everybody else to enter TAFE. You actually need to go through some of those other processes. You need to understand how to sign out of school or have we temporary sign outs from school. Um, so there's a few hoops to cross and there's, in our area, there's actually somebody who helps you through that process. So, um, yeah, research, research, research is the other thing that I would say. I would say, um, in hindsight now, I know that it is essential. If you have a, a young person, a child, a son or daughter, who actually looks like they are going to not um, stay at school until they're in year 12 and, and possibly leave considerably earlier, that helping them to actually develop as many employability skills as possible is essential. And I don't mean just getting a part-time job at Macca's. That's actually getting your certificates, your white card. As a 15-year-old, you can get a white card. You can do a first aid course. You can do a working safely at heights course. All these tickets that actually help you to be able to get on a, um, a construction site so that you can actually get some work experience. Um, mowing the neighbour's lawns, walking the neighbour's dogs, anything that demonstrates that you're actually employable, I think is really, really important. And um, I think just helping them to feel good about that and develop a resume that they feel confident in, helping you, your children to understand that you can see that there's these opportunities that help them to market themselves so that they can achieve their goals, I think is really important. And the last thing I would say, Lucy, around um, what I have learned as a parent is back your children. So I think um, if you have a young person, a son or daughter who actually is disengaging from school for whatever reason and may need to develop a pathway earlier than other um, young people do out of school, it is likely that they have some stigma around them in their learning environments that they might be seen as actually being difficult in the classroom, um, that they have been, um, yeah, probably actually not been getting a whole lot of positive feedback 
in their learning environments. Um, and so when they come home at the end of the day and they're a bit moody or they're making choices that aren't great or they're risk taking to, to just kind of feel like they're belonging somewhere, they're probably having a pretty tough time. And so I really learned that it was important for me to actually reflect to my son that I believed he could do this and to make sure that he knew I backed him. Since then, I've heard him tell me some of the really negative comments he received while he was at school about his likelihood to not succeed. And so it's been so, so exciting to actually um, know that we actually didn't um, adopt those attitudes towards him, could have easily, but that rather we chose to actually tell him that we had his back and that we believed that success was something he was going to attain. So excited and so proud of him. Uh, so when he left and then he did the, and completed that Cert 2 in, um, in Construction Pathways and uh, he did that within that semester and then he completed um, working that year. He then began um, a traineeship um, in the industry he's in. It's called a traineeship. It looks exactly the same as really an apprenticeship. Um, he, um, last year, it's fast-tracked, which means that rather than the theory being over three years at TAFE, it's fast-tracked over 18 months. So he had days last week where every day for work he's up at 5.30, he's out the door at 6.10. And there was weeks where he was at TAFE two to three nights a week, a Friday at TAFE as well, field trips on Saturdays, um, and not once did he ever complain about it. He had uh, two sick days in the entire year, and even then it was under duress that I made him stay home because he didn't want to not bring his work ethic and, and contribute to the site and to the team he works with. He's motivated, he's happy, and as much as we're proud of him, the thing that makes me the happiest, Lucy, is actually that he's so proud of himself. He's actually... Um, he saved during the year to actually get his first car. He has his license. He saves and each month he buys some new tools to add to his kit. Uh, and um, all of his tape results last year in the uh, industry he's working for, you need to actually have knowledge in certain areas that you have to not just get competencies at tape, you need to get 100%. And he achieved all of that last year in the subjects that that was required. This year, his TAFE is only um, just one day a week and it's the practical component. So he's doing a whole lot of the practical and this week he started in the role that he's been training for um, as literally the expert on the site in that, um, in that particular role. So um, yeah, we're just so thrilled and we're so thrilled that, um, you know, I guess, as I said to you at the beginning of this, Lucy, this exercise of actually being able to speak to you about this has been a really reflective exercise. Our experience um, as parents and having a child who was an early school leaver and helping them to develop a pathway. I think it was reflective because at the time um, there was time constraints and there was hard conversations to have and it was confronting and it was a little bit scary because we, you know, with all the things that we chose um, and encouraged him to choose to do, there was still risk involved that it may not all come together. It's reflective now because I can see that um, not only did we make good decisions for our child that were contrary to the paradigm in the society that we're in, 
but that those good decisions have helped him to flourish. And I guess that's all any of us wants is to see our, our children actually make and forge a pathway in their life into a career that they feel very satisfied and he is so satisfied.